Hey ladies, welcome to Be Your Own CEO Podcast, where developing your self-worth leads you to your calling. Hi ladies, welcome back to another episode of Be Your Own CEO. I am so stoked to introduce a wonderful guest. Her name is Priscilla and she is based in California. And today's episode is titled The Power of Resilience to Live Your Dreams. She is an intuitive business strategist and creator of the Soul Fluent Leadership Archetypes. And what's really neat about her is she helps female entrepreneurs do work their way alongside choosing simplicity over complexity. She believes you can have a world-changing, soul-satisfying business and a life you love with ease and grace. She's an author of Soul Fluent Leadership Business Guide, which will be out in July. Super exciting. So Priscilla, if you could just say hi, introduce yourself to the audience, and we're so glad you're here today. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. Hi, everyone. It's an honor to be here. If you could just start and share more of where you're from, where you live, what you do for a living. Yeah, so I'm Priscilla Stefan. I have lived in a few different places. I was born in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, People don't often know that because I lived in London when I was growing up. So, you know, I sound, the little that's left is still an English accent. And then I lived in New York City, high school, college, graduate school. Then moved to Washington, D.C. for almost a decade, back to New York. And then six years ago, I got one suitcase, had one friend to pick me up at the airport, and I bought a one-way ticket to San Diego from New York City, and um, it always been a dream. Tried out the city a few times in short stints, met my husband, and live here now. Wow, that's amazing. I love this series of events, like the timeline of moving from one city to another. It takes a big leap of faith to do that. What a joy it is to get that rich experience of living in all the cities you got to live in. It is. I'm an only child and my dad would always say, Priscilla, you know, he would always tell, oh, that's Priscilla, my daughter on wheels. You know, she's always, I'm always taking her to the airport. You know, off she goes someplace, you know, someplace new. I think as I'm getting older now, I'm getting a little bit more tired of just traveling as much. And I think traveling since 9-11 has just gotten a little bit more trying. But I always tell people one of my happiest places is on an airplane. I love to hear the engine roar. I like the adventure of going to someplace new, meeting new people. I think that's what makes life worth living in so many ways. It does. Yeah. The adrenaline rush of the airplane ride, then from there to the landing, and it's all about the destination and the journey. And that's awesome because it's a metaphor for today's episode as well. So yeah, let's talk to the audience about what you do for a living. Yeah, so um, it's gone through different iterations. I've been a coach for 10 years. I started out as a health coach, helping women overcome emotional eating, which really was career coaching in a sense, because a lot of the women that came to me were eating emotionally because they were to compensate for the fact that they were in jobs that didn't suit them, right? It was a misalignment, but I knew it wasn't my passion. Ultimately, it was just that that next step, right? And then I came upon this thing called the Akashic Records, which is a way for you to connect to your soul guides and really, really get insight and guidance from your soul to live your best life. And 
realized that that was the missing piece. And I got trained in how to, you know, connect to my own guides, connect to other people's guides. And I realized that while the Akashic records are an incredible place of love and truth, where you can really do a lot of healing and gain clarity and insight into your future, not like as a predictive thing, but just kind of as an empowerment tool to just guide you along your life from a soul perspective, that I had uh, a really great knack to help people uh, build purpose-driven uh, businesses by channeling marketing plans and guidance for them to really move their business forward. And eventually also to download, i.e. channel, very dense bodies of work, which is what became the Soul Fluent uh, Leadership archetypes which I began channeling in 2016 again my guides you know sneaky were like oh just channel this tiny little book and then you know 100 and some pages later you're like what I thought you said it was going to be a mini book now we're talking about something much bigger yeah. um, and now um the soul fluent leadership um business guide is going to come out probably going to be in August and it really is a uh, a guide to help uh soul-driven or purpose-driven women entrepreneurs build businesses that truly reflect their innate leadership style and their innate um, gifts, you know, like, so if you're a strategist, you know, are you building, how, and then I show you how, from the soul perspective, how to build the business in a very practical sense in terms of marketing and branding and social media and team building and business model. Uh, and there's tons of examples of different businesses that give you a sense of this is what a mystic business could look like. This is what a visionary, you know, um, archetype business could look like. So it's, um, it's been a journey. My point is that it's, it's a constantly evolving journey. Yeah, absolutely. The work that you do is incredible. And when I was reviewing the work that you're doing, you know, talking about women being visionaries and working from the soul and doing work their own way, it's a unique side of, in perspective of looking at entrepreneurship, especially for women led businesses. So I love that. And I love your perspective and I look forward to hearing more about it as we go. What else do you love to do? Do you have um, other things that bring you joy, hobbies that you uh, partake in, whether it's in the you know, after work in the evening or in the summertime? Um, I love to spend time at the beach uh, in nature for sure. Um, there's lots of that here. I have a little 10-pound Maltese, multi-poo dog, Lily, and two cats. So Lily needs to be walked a lot, which is a lot of joy. Um, I love the arts. I love, which I you know haven't had a chance with COVID much to go out. I love museums and paintings and photography and creativity. Um, I love languages. I love history. Um, I love the humanities and mostly, you know, anything that will, you know, I'm, here's a question that always fascinates me. Yeah. Why do, why do people do what they do? Yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm really just motivated. What drives people to do what they do or not do what they say they want to do? Um, and so even though I considered psychology for a while, even as a profession, and I realized that's traditional path is not going to work for me. I yeah. think <laughs> kind of roundabout, unexpected way to understand what, what makes people tick, but also how to really make them tick in a way that's natural for them. And so, because I just believe that the world will be better off and more people are operating in their zones of genius. It just makes sense, right? But, you know, because it's money or I don't know what, how, what I'm going to do with myself or, um, you know, you're just kind of surviving. Sometimes we lose track of the fact that 
maybe there's there's a chance to thrive too, you know? Yeah, that there's so much more to who we are in us as human beings and the work that we do inwardly matters in the work that we show the world outwardly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's beautiful. Very well said. Uh, So first, we're going to start with the process. Next, we're going to go into the how and why of the work that Priscilla does. And then also we'll end with advice today. So first, we'll start with the process. So let's go ahead and share about your college experience a little bit. Where did you study and what did you study in college? I only applied to one college uh, my senior year, I think it was, yeah. Uh, And I applied early decision and I applied to NYU got in early decision and that was mm-hmm. it. And I lived at home cause I lived in New York city at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, it just, I think it saved us a ton of money, I'm sure. Um, and so I went to NYU and I studied, the official title was French, but it was humanities. And we studied, you know, philosophy and religion and history and politics. And that just fascinated me. Cause again, it really speaks to why do people believe what they believe? Why do they vote the way they vote? Why did they go to war when they did? You know, uh, what are the different points of view that we can have? I was fascinated uh, by it. And then I have always had a love of French, French culture, even though I think that they can be a little snooty. And so my my junior year in high school, I was very fortunate that my parents could um, let me go to Paris for a year. And so I studied uh, at NYU's, uh, NYU and Paris program. It was hard the first few months living there, you know, because I thought, oh, they're just going to embrace me. You know, no, (laughs) I didn't feel very embraced, but I decided to stay the second semester and I, you know, I got the hang of things. I gained almost 20 pounds because, you know, the bread, the the cheeses, the, all the things, you know. Amazing. I can only imagine. I've never been, it's been a dream of mine. So you're probably spoiled with the deliciousness. <laughs> so, yes, and there was a gorgeous course that I took called Paris through its museums that I'll never forget. Like every week we would go to a different museum and study the art, you know, the artwork and in person and do papers on it. And it was just, it, uh, it was just was so enriched my soul. Um, so I was very lucky. Um, of course, I didn't really do much with it. French degree. And then I, you know, subsequently not practicing your forget it and all those things. But um, it was, um, it was wonderful. However, and when I was at NYU, we had to take an elective, I think for science or something. And I took environmental science, I think it was. Kind of my eye opened up to the environmental condition of the planet, you know, climate change and, um, you know, greenhouse gases and agriculture and plastic and waste and all these things. And I was like, wait, why aren't people talking about this? Why are they polluting the oceans? Why are they doing all these things? And I became a vegetarian out of that for nine years. I thought, well, I must save the planet, you know? And in the absence of not knowing what to do with myself after college, I figured maybe that could be a good career choice. And so um, once I left college, I did an internship for one year at the Natural Resources Defense Council, also known as NRDC, which um, the movie The American President with, um, oh my gosh, Michael Douglas and Annette Bening. It was from the 1990s, I think it was. Um, And she worked at this nonprofit you know, environmental, and it was supposed to kind of be based on NRDC's work. But anyway, so I did that. And then that was, well, that's when I decided to apply for a graduate program in environmental policy work. 
and then more specifically international environmental policy work. And then when I got a uh, master's degree in, in international affairs for two years. So it was a process. Wow. Yeah, I can, I can see how the process has also led you to where you're at now a little as well. Gosh, that's beautiful. I love it. So were there any leadership roles you held in college? I don't think so. I was such a shy person. I'd go to class and I'd go straight home. So no, I don't have anything impressive to say on that one. (laughs) Yeah, and that's totally fine. I think sometimes, again, our process is unique to us. And that also should remind young women, you know, if you are a, a college student currently and you're listening to this, don't feel so pressured to do things that you don't want to do if it's not the right time in college. Maybe perhaps it's later, um, whether you're in grad school or after college in the career that you're pursuing or applying for a leadership role in an internship, just like Priscilla had an internship. It's super important to get internships. I also am a product of having a couple internships, and I know that's why they led me to where I'm at today. So absolutely, that's awesome. So tell me about a moment that you truly felt like you were walking in your purpose? Do you feel like that, um, you know, that happened when you were doing your work for your, the internship after college or that it happened later on in life as you were starting your work as an intuitive business strategist? I think there were moments actually when I, when I got out of graduate school, I worked for World Wildlife Fund for five years, which was kind of a dream wow. company and position. It took a long time for me to decide where in the environmental field was a good fit. You know, that wasn't too science, that wasn't too research, that was kind of enough policy. Um, And working with people and doing workshops and bringing people together and, you know, having leaders from different countries have meaningful conversations did make me feel like the work I was doing was was worthwhile uh, for a while um, until I realized gosh, we're still, there's such an uphill battle. I became rather cynical and defeated. So there are moments in that. Um, and then I think now in the work that I do, it provides me enormous sense of meaning and purpose and direction that I know that I'm using gifts that are natural to me of holding space, of channeling, of giving guidance and support and encouragement. Also kicking ass and you know, truth-telling And so I think that gives me a lot of fuel, especially, you know, the the lows of entrepreneurship, which there have been many. And then also I've learned, which was a very hard lesson, to detach my sense of self-worth and identity from my work. Wow. I had to be able to find that there is purpose in me just because I breathe. There is purpose in me because I can have a conversation or just listen or witness to someone be a witness to their experience, to their celebration, to their disappointment, that can be living on purpose. But to me, smiling and, you know, hearing the bird chipping, I am living, I am breathing, I am on purpose. And really redefining, because I think the coaching industry can also say, you know, live your purpose. And what is my purpose? Yeah. <laughs> well, be happy, go live your life, do things, go flow around, You things might shift. Don't be so fucking attached to it being a certain way, looking a certain way, having to be the thing. I think that's just that desperation of if I don't do this, is, is there meaning to my life? And I got to that point and it was horrifying to be like is there any meaning to my life and um and I had to find a way for my own sanity when I was going through this big identity crisis of what does it mean to do this work and and would I do it if my you know if there was no ego you know results to it 
And it was not a fun experience to go through that. Um, but, you know, when you learn to detach, it gives you more freedom and it gives you a greater sense of perspective than latching on to something because you need it to work out, because you need it to mean something. You need to feel validated or worthy. What would you, what, what do you need then in order to feel worthy and validated by yourself, for yourself, without others? Hey, and that's some of the most important questions I think everyone needs to ask themselves, right? Yeah. I know I took that on a tangent there. Sorry about that. Don't mean to get too heavy, but hey, I like to keep it real. <laughs> well, I, I love that. I love your true authenticity. And I hope you continue bringing that in all the work that you continue doing. So it's a blessing. That's awesome. So yeah, walking in your purpose, discovering what it is, but also it came with, you know, setbacks, which we're going to get to in a bit and the hardships of entrepreneurship. But when was the moment between, you know, college, career, you were working for a bit, that you knew that you were called to step into your role as an intuitive business strategist? It didn't come until a lot later. You know, I didn't really, because of all the iterations, that I never, I never even imagined a life beyond environmental policy work once I got to graduate school. So, and I never thought I would be an entrepreneur. It didn't even cross my mind. So oh. there was, it really took um, 15 years between graduate school, graduation, and then becoming a coach. And then, yeah, it took a long time. Yeah, it's definitely a process. And where you're at today, everything led up to this moment. So absolutely, yes. every, every moment matters. And it's, it's absolutely a part of the journey, important parts of the journey. So what sacrifice did it take for you to step into your calling now? Society and financial. I mean, I remember when I cashed in my uh, 401k, you know, right in the beginning and there wasn't a, wasn't a ton of money in it, but I was like, no, I, I want to finance my dream, you know, and this is, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to bank on me. Wow. But it meant that I had no retirement, started out making very little money. Um, so there was a financial cost, you know, I wasn't building, you know, like accumulating wealth. I wasn't, when you come from an Ivy League education, you think, gosh, there are people that are making shit tons of money. Well, you know, I could be making more. Why am I choosing this? And there's also public perception. Like, um, like what is a coach, a health coach? What does that do? Oh, you help people with food. Oh, okay. And then when I learned to do business stuff and uh, soul work and the Akashic Records and spiritual channeling, they were like, what the hell is that? They couldn't even, you know, living in New York City of all things, can you imagine going to a networking event? <laughs> what do you do, you know? Oh, I read the Akashic Records. I help people really, you know, lead from their soul in business. They're going to look at me like I have five heads, you know, and I got a lot of that. Oh, that's nice. And then they just kept on moving along, you know, yeah. and it took a while for me to realize that there would be people that would lean in. There would be many that would not. And, you know, it became always this, like, how do I describe what I do in a way that people, and I think now my version of it is that I help soul-driven women entrepreneurs build sustainable businesses that change the world. And I think that feels true and honest and succinct. And really, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. And you said that you're driven by, um, you know, with the society thing and financial thing, you just did it. Like you had the courage and you found yourself to do it anyway, right? It's like feeling the fear and doing it anyway. It's a lot of what entrepreneurs face all the time. You know, you were like, I, I cashed in my 401k, but you knew that you were worth it. And we always have to remind ourselves, I am worthy and I am capable of pursuing all of my dreams. So I love that. I really, I really do. So what roadblocks did you hit along the way when you first started to now? Self-doubt. 
has been the greatest kryptonite. I am a mystic archetype in my soul fluent leadership work. There are five archetypes. And while I think we all suffer from some version of imposter syndrome and self-doubt, it has definitely been my kryptonite. So it wasn't that I didn't believe I could do it or that I could succeed. I, I just wonder sometimes, am I cut out for this? Like, is this really the path for me? Um, you know, amidst many gurus and people screaming at you to do things one way or another, the biggest roadblock was self-doubt. Yeah, that's understandable. Self-doubt, especially when at times, like we're trying to step into something that is something we, we didn't grow up maybe knowing about or surrounding ourselves around people that, who did do that. So it's like, am I worthy? Am I ready for this? Am I capable? Is it going to take off? Will I accumulate wealth? All of those important questions. But again, you, you felt the fear and did it anyway. So I love that. How would you describe the way resilience has transformed your life? It's my motto. And here's the phrase. If I just keep going, sooner or later, the next step will appear. I just have to keep going. I just know, you know, when I want something, I just told my husband last night, you know, we're in the middle of searching for our first home, right? And we don't know if we're going to live in San Diego, if we're going to live in Northern California. We have no idea. And we've got 90 days to figure it out because we have to move out. And I just, I literally said to him, he said, you know me when I, when I put it in my head that I'm determined I'm going to do it. You know, he's like, yep, I know. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that because I needed that in a way to counteract the enormous nature of my self-doubt, you know, and it's not like, it, maybe it's just self, lack of, you know, self-confidence, like, you know, um, the fear, you know, um, even though I do Put myself out there in many ways um so it's just the sense of if i just keep going eventually it's things will appear and it's not to be like blinded you know oh i've got to do it even you know when i know it's you know sometimes you've got to know when to change course yeah. but if i know it's the right course i just got to keep going yeah so that's it knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel regardless of what roadblock you face so you need yep. that self-doubt huh like you feel like you've you've conquered that hurdle. That's amazing as well. In the and resilience has transformed your life, your business. Yeah. And in the term soul fluent, let's let's just talk about that for a second. It means living in the energy of the language of the soul. I just want to repeat that because it's just so it's full of warmth and complexity, and it just intrigues me every time I read. I'm like living in the energy of the language of your soul. And how would you describe that to a young woman or how to do that? In the same way that we can become fluent in a foreign language or that we're fluent in English, right? There's just an ease. You just, you know it. There is the ability to be fluent in the language of our soul. And so fluent means in this case, since it's leadership archetypes, it's really being fluent in the energy of your soul's leadership, which really is contribution. How are you naturally designed to lead? What are your gifts? What are your challenges? What motivates you to do what you want to do? And how can you become so well-versed in you, in what makes you tick, in what makes you genius, that it just lights up the world and becomes second nature? to yeah. you. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. So the things that come second nature to you are those things that light up the energy of the language of your own soul. Sounds like it. Yes. And will resonate and make a contribution to other people's Yeah. Souls. Impacting other people. Yeah. Oh, and sharing your life with them. Yeah. The, the trials, tribulations, the victories, all of those areas of life. So beautiful. 
And I was also recognizing when I was looking at your homepage of your website, you have a shirt that says lead from your soul. I love that, by the way, I feel like I need to wear that. <laughs> I would love to wear that out and about because I feel, I feel the same way. I, I definitely know how, how important it is that we lead from our truest selves, right? Our most authentic selves showing up very, you know, very much with vulnerability in our own truth. But um, yeah, I, I love that you have that shirt. So I don't know where you got it, but I need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How would I, how would I just kind of describe what it, you know, um, what it means to me? It's funny because yeah. um, I took those photos still when COVID was still pretty intense in February of this year here in San Diego. And yeah, and I had this thought of it would be nice to have, you know, I, I began seeing people with t-shirts, you know, that say, you know, dreamer or, you know, peace. And, and I was like, and I actually got so stumped. <laughs> I put a post on Facebook. I said, you know, if, if you were to see me with a t-shirt with a saying on it, what would it be? And then finally, one of my friends on Facebook said, lead from your soul. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, duh, that is my damn tagline. What an idiot, right? Sometimes you need someone to show you, right? And I was like, yeah, that would do it, wouldn't it? Because I was like, dreamer, sparkles and talk. Like I was, I was going off on a tangent. And so then I did a quick Google and I found this franchise that can do like real Turn, quick turnarounds of shirts and I, I can only choose black or pink you know like I didn't have a lot of choices I had two days the shoot was you know and yeah. so uh, they had pink letters which was perfect because I love pink and they were able to do it in my font and it was black because I thought well you know it goes with everything and um it was that that was that's how it went and for me to be to lead from my soul is to be as honest and true to myself as I can be honest and as true to yourself as you can be. I believe if more people led that life, we would be happier human beings. I truly would have stronger relationships. We would uh, feel more fearless in our careers. We would feel more fearless in life. There's a lot of things that wouldn't hold us back because we're our truest selves. I love that. Transitioning gears just a little bit here and, you know, leading your life and being a CEO and just stepping fully into your calling with being an entrepreneur. What is your favorite part of being a CEO? Putting my vision in motion, kind of calling the shots. Um, Not that I like to be bossy, but I liked, I'm opinionated. I am particular. That is my special word. I am particular. I know what I like and I like know what I don't like. And I like things to be well done and I like them to be pretty. You saw my website. My website looks pretty, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and sparkly and gold and all the things. And um, for me, it's really um, being able to make executive decisions, to make choices based on my own terms. Um, not have, I, I don't think I take orders well from other people. <laughs> I, I've just kind of come to accept that. I mean, I don't mind working in collaboration with other people. I kind of, I'm, I'm opinion. I know what I want. And so I don't like, to, you know, so I think there's that. And of course the ability to, you know, to build bodies of work and put them in, in, into the world is an honor, a blessing, a privilege, a terrifying notion, and also an enormous joy that I get to lead my own ship for better or for worse, it's on me. And that was the biggest part of entrepreneurship. The biggest hurdle was learning to trust that the responsibility was on me to make the decisions. Good or bad, it's on me, you know? It's on you. But also as visionaries and doing work from our, you know, our truest, most authentic selves too, it's like making big, big decisions and small decisions is exhilarating for people like us. 
You know, it's like, yes, I love to collaborate. I love the teamwork. I love all of this, but I also love to be the person who's the game changer and the change agent who gets to make those decisions because we are our own CEO. Like we're like, we're going to lead our lives. (laughs) Beautiful. I love it. So out of all the roles uh, you balance in life and all the, you know, the different responsibilities that you have, how would you describe what it feels like to be a woman and live at your true calling? To be a woman, I think, is to the ultimate permission slip to embrace your desires, to do things your own way, and to really navigate the underbelly of what you think is possible, taboo, not allowed, and to really explore the depth and richness of being a woman that to me is absolutely terrifying. But I think that can be absolutely magnetic and very potent. Wow. Gosh, I feel I feel that. It, some of the character words that come up are like courage and fearlessness. And, you know, it is conquering that self-doubt and navigating life with this true resilience that we can and be and do all the things that we want to do. But to do it with this magnetic light and be a visionary and dream as big as we can dream and to know that we can achieve it. Well, I think for me as someone who is con- has been conditioned to please others, right? That's my default. That includes putting others ahead of myself and also to be the good girl. That the notion of the parts of me that are messy, dirty, ugly, unacceptable, nasty, angry, bitchy scare me. I don't know what that version of me fully looks like because it's been suppressed and repressed for so long. But I wonder what would be possible if I allowed myself to actually embrace that and pleasure and all the things that come with, I guess, whatever people call it, the divine feminine, the sacred feminine, whatever, you know, parts of us that are just dark and shadowy and mysterious and incredibly potent. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So closing out today as we end things, and generally this is usually what happens when we're you know, completing an interview and discussion about diving into our work and being our own CEO. And of course, reminding the audience that we're not, you know, we don't just have to be a CEO and an entrepreneur. What it means to be a CEO of our lives is, is to lead with courage and to gain resilience and to learn who our truest self is and to pursue all of ourselves wholeheartedly. You know, a lot of young women listen And we're going to start with advice. So advice for a woman who wants to be the CEO of her life or to someone who, um, you know, would love to be an entrepreneur one day. So there's two, two angles to this, right? Some, some listeners listen because they want to be a CEO and they want to be an entrepreneur. Others listen because they're trying to build their self-worth and their confidence and their self-esteem as a woman. And they want to be the CEO of their lives. So do you have any advice for a, a young woman who wants to be a CEO, actually own a business or be the CEO of her life. It isn't clear where to start. Yeah, I think that the message is the same because it really speaks to self-leadership. So my advice would be start where you are. Um, You know, take that first step. Remember that you are fully responsible for your life. You're not a victim. And that only you can know what you really want And if you don't know that you have choices available to you to take that next step or to unravel that part of you that, you know, wants to be unraveled next, don't put 
anyone's opinions above your own. Nobody knows you more than you know you. You're the expert on you. And it can be a great adventure for you to go on a journey of exploring who am I really, whether that be a spiritual path or entrepreneurial path or a combination, Um, and to trust yourself and to trust your instincts and to hone your intuition, Um, because I think that is the most important skill in life and business, you know, that gut feeling that whatever you call it, that you're like, "Mm, yeah, for whatever reason, that's, that's a no and stick to the no. We don't always do it, but we try our best, you know, discernment and self-trust and courage and faith, I think are the secret sauce to a life well-lived. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Faith as well. I'm, I'm a believer. So I, I definitely feel as though, yes, we need to stay grounded in, in the particular things that we, we do believe within us and are in leader lives. Wow. Very, very powerful. And I want to remind everyone the work that you're doing, you know, it is absolutely incredible. And if you could list your website and then also say the name of the book that's also coming out, where our listeners can find it and we can go from there. Yes, the best place um, is to go to my website, PriscillaStefan.com. We didn't touch upon this, but there is a three-minute free quiz if you're curious what your soul-fluent leadership archetype is. There are five archetypes. You can take the free quiz, and if you opt in, you'll get a PDF and some more resources to help you understand what that archetype means for you, the gifts, the challenges, and how to integrate that into your life and business. So all at PriscillaStefan.com. I'm also quite active on Instagram at PriscillaStefan. And the book is The Soul Fluent Leadership Business Guide, Amplifying Your Message, Visibility and Profits by Leveraging Your Archetype. So it really is a reference guide and a how-to for your archetype. Have a business model, a message, and money systems and uh, flows that really reflect your archetype. And we go into branding, content, business model, and team building. And so the book likely will be out in um, August. There'll be information on my website, PriscillaStefan.com or forward slash book. And eventually the book will be print and Kindle available um, on Amazon soon. But my website is always the hub for all things. And if you want to connect with me, um, I always feel free to do so. I'm I'm very approachable. Uh, If I can be a resource or help in any way, I would love to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm just too intrigued and I have to ask this. The five archetypes, we brought it up a couple of times. Could you name the five before we hop off? Yeah, so there's the mystic, which is me, you know, innate uh, gifts are intuitive, healing, and creative, and we're motivated to elevate consciousness and create healing in the world. There's the visionary, which is the disruptor and the innovator. They're loud, polarizing, you know, highly efficient strategists. There's the strategist who really condense very complicated data and process-driven systems into information that we can assimilate. They're often in science, finance, law, all kinds of different you know, technology. Then there are the explorers. Think the Richard Bransons of the world. They're adventurers, <laughs> connectors, catalysts. They live and lead experientially. They're not the kind that has analysis paralysis. They're like, okay, I'm diving in and then I'll work backwards. Yeah. And then there's the divine feminine archetype that really is community driven and collaboration focused. So they're all about how can the community benefit? How can we rise together? So the five, the mystic, visionary, strategist, 
explore the divine feminine. We have all five and sometimes based on our cycles of business, our business calls us to shift into a different gear, into a different archetype. But, um, you know, you tend to be a dominant one and the quiz will tell you the archetype that you have been leading from so far. And then in my one-on-one work or in my roundtables, I go into your Akashic records and, and see has that archetype changed and what's the direction moving forward. I love it. I love all of this and I'm going to do it. I'm going to run through the three minute quiz and I'm going to find out what my leadership archetype is. Oh, you tell me. I'd love to know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm too intrigued. So I'm going to do that before the end of the night. But I deeply appreciate you hopping on today and sharing your story, sharing your truth and wisdom and authenticity and vulnerability with the audience today. So I appreciate you being here and hopping on and thank you again for your time. And do you have anything else you want to say before we hop off? Believe in yourself and above all else, believe in your dreams. Your dreams are here, I believe, as seeds from your soul to guide you through desire and those intuitive nudges. And sometimes it might take a while for that dream to come true. Many of mine took a few decades. But again, if you just keep going and you keep adjusting and believing, sooner or later, your time will come. Sooner or later, your time will come. I love that ending. Thank you again. Thank you. That concludes today's episode on the power of resilience to live your dreams. You may contact me at coachcatherineturk at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you, ladies.